0: This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. What happens when some of your worst travel fears or anxieties come true? And they come true in a way that you did not expect. I'm going to share a personal story on what happened to me recently. And some thoughts around that. Plus, we're answering your questions today. A listener questions show. We're going to tackle the travel treadmill problem. We're going to answer some questions around indefinite travel. And should you sell your car before you travel long term? Plenty coming your way in this action packed episode. So, buckle up. Thanks for being here. And welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, what's up, my friend? It's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here, sharing a little travel love with me, letting me bring a little travel into your ears Today, this is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. Recording this in sunny, gorgeous Boulder, Colorado, a place I've been to for quite some time, back to actually since last fall, and I'm thrilled to be back here. Got in from Mexico yesterday and got a little story to tell. I got a bunch of stories to tell, but I'll share one of them with you. And it has to do with what we talked about at the top of the show when some of your worst travel fears and anxieties actually come true. For me, it happened in a way that I completely unexpected. It had me rethinking how I think about travel before I go on a longer trip. And I'm going to get to that in a second. First, let's talk about today's show. We're answering some listener questions. I love to do this because I know a lot of your questions, your burning questions about travel come to me via email, but it makes a lot of sense to share those on the podcast because, hey, you might be listening to this and it might be something that helps you in the future when you're planning a trip or now, or maybe you have this exact question. So I'd like to do these listener questions episodes and share on the podcast my thoughts around your questions. And if you have not asked a question or if you have not checked in, to introduce yourself or just say, hi, you can always drop me a line, Jason at zero to or sign up for our email list over at zero to because then we can stay in touch and then I can get these questions and share them. And it's just nice to be in touch because we do do workshops online and different things that happen gatherings. We just actually did a gathering for our community location, Indy in Mexico, and it was all in person. We had about 30 people down there in Carretero, which is a beautiful UNESCO world heritage city. Had an absolute blast. We had an old colonial house. It was gigantic with a rooftop deck looking over the city. We're seeing centuries-old churches and domes and beautiful skyline of this uh, colonial town. Just a wonderful experience to be around other travelers, other people that are living with purpose, that are doing work around their passions and just trying to live an authentic lifestyle to who they are based around their love of travel. It's so empowering to be around those people and you know you're around those people right now through this podcast because you are joining many many thousands of listeners around the world who, you know, share the same values that you do. Really embrace travel as something they want as a part of their life for the rest of their life and so you're not alone, my friend, but if you want to dive deeper, you can always sign up and connect with some of those people through some of these other things that happen off the podcast. So I encourage you to do that before I get into this story and these questions, I want to give a quick shout out to Pimsler for supporting today's show Pimsler audio courses. How did I brush up on my Spanish before I went to Mexico? I listened to some Pimsleur courses. They actually sent me some of their Spanish stuff and it really helped to at least get some of those verbs back that I forgot and it took a little while, but by the end of the trip, I was having a few little conversations, which is nice and just such a great way to connect with locals. If you have not added to your pre-trip list, learn some of a foreign language of the country you're visiting, put that on the list. If you go to 0 to travelcom slash easy, you can get access to a free monthly trial, It's seven day free trial for Pimsleur's audio language learning courses. It's all audio based. So if you like podcasts, if you like learning on the go, you're going to be able to learn a language on the go and improve your language skills in a language you're already studying or learn how to speak at an intermediate level in 30 days. If you're listening every day, you can really get to a decent level just by listening to these courses. Zero to travel.com slash easy. They're hooking zero to travel listeners up with a free seven day trial where you can access all the lessons in any language you want to learn for free. Try it out. See if you like it. If you don't, no harm, no foul. You can just cancel. If you do decide to continue on with that trial, just pay a low monthly fee, just like Spotify or Netflix, something like that, except you learn a language and you get to enhance your travels. It's an awesome thing. Thanks to them for supporting this show. And if you do decide to buy any of their courses or stay with that trial, you'll also be supporting my show because I'm an affiliate for them because I love that product and use it and I'm a customer of it. So thanks once again to Pimsler. And I will leave that link in the show notes. Now let's get to this story. In Mexico recently, as I mentioned, and before that I was in Florida. And I'm traveling for about two and a half months with my family. This is the first time I've ever done this. I have two kids now, which is insane. It's a lot different than the old days. And Uh, My daughter's almost three years old. She'll be three in a couple months from the time of this recording. And my son is seven and a half months old now. So we left Norway and I'd never traveled with two kids before. That was pretty intimidating, but I knew our itinerary. We were going to Florida to visit family. And then we were going to run an Airbnb in Tarpon Springs area, which is a gorgeous area. And then we're heading off to Mexico to do our Location Indie meetup in Querétaro. We were going to spend a couple days in Mexico City and now we're in colorado and we're going to be in colorado for six weeks hanging out and that was the itinerary so before the trip what were my fears and anxieties my biggest fears i try not to have too many of those but i gotta say with kids involved it's changed and my number one fear was you know something happening to them of course didn't have anything to do with me but something happening to them and and mostly them getting sick because if they get sick And it's bad. What am I going to do? How am I going to handle it? Of course, we have travel insurance and all of the precautions that you need. But certainly in this itinerary, the big destination that stood out was Mexico because it's a foreign country. You can go down, you can get food poisoning, uh, which happened to me the last time I went to Mexico. People talk about Montezuma's revenge, and a lot of people get sick just going to a different country and having different food and just being in a different environment. And to subject my kids to A totally different environment is part of travel, of course, but I can't say that I wasn't nervous for that part of the trip because what do you do if a baby gets totally sick and gets diarrhea and gets dehydrated? It's a scary situation. It can be. And these fears and anxieties are running through my head. Now, why I said in the beginning that this got flipped upside down is because they did get sick, but it happened in Florida, it happened in Florida. My daughter got the flu horribly. Uh, they misdiagnosed her. We went to urgent care. Then we went to another one. Uh, they finally diagnosed her with the flu. She got medication. Then my son got an upper respiratory infection and they were both on antibiotics. Uh, there was like weeks of sickness. It totally sucked, (laughs) but I felt so bad for them and, and they came out of the other end. Fine. Then we went to Mexico, had a blast, ate amazing food, Came back to Colorado, no issues whatsoever. (laughs) So this just reminded me of these sort of irrational fears. I mean, I can't say they're not based in reality. Certainly, if you travel long enough, you know things are going to happen. You're probably going to get some food poisoning or something like that. But like I said, with two young kids, it's a lot scarier when it's young kids involved. And then also if I get sick, or both my wife and I get sick, which we actually did, I forgot to mention, we also both got the stomach flu. After they got the flu. So that's scary because it's a lot harder to take care of kids when you're not feeling well and you're throwing up and you're in bed. Anyway, it did make me sort of remind me, I guess, that a lot of these fears can be irrational. And you're just taking a look at, at your itinerary and you think, oh, this might happen. That might happen in these places. Those things did happen, but it ended up being in my home country. So point, anything can happen anywhere right? Are your fears or anxieties reasons not to travel? Of course not. Things are going to happen. You just kind of deal with them as they happen. And in this case, it did happen, but it just happened in an unexpected way in a different place than I thought it would. And it just reminded me to to not let fears and anxieties limit your travels or limit what you do. Because if I did kind of embrace those too much, I wouldn't have gone on this trip at all. And we have done some amazing things on this trip. Uh, gotten to see loved ones, gotten to explore a colonial city in Mexico and have the best churros I've ever had in my life in Mexico City and meeting up with friends and delicious craft beers and uh, meeting locals and going on hikes and all sorts of amazing stuff. Never would have happened if I just was scared and didn't go. So anyway, I wanted to share that story with you. I just thought it was pretty funny how that all went down in in just a completely unexpected way. Now, let's get into these listener questions for the day. I love listener questions. You know why I love them? Because A, I love to hear from you, and B, I like to know what's on people's minds. I'd like to know what it is that they want to know about travel, and it's fun to share some thoughts around that. You can take my thoughts or leave them. My uh, intention here isn't to say that um, the know-it-all know all, expert that's going to give you the perfect solution. I just like to share my perspectives and ideas. And, you know, you can cherry pick some of them if they work for you and your situation in your life. It's just fun to to share these things. And that that's why we listen to podcasts and do these things, right? We want to hear different perspectives and ideas. And I'm going to share mine on, on this show around your questions. Let's start with, well, how do I rank these? I mean, easier ones versus harder ones. I would say here's an easier one that I think, I mean, at least for me to answer. (laughs) So this is from Bree Bree, And she asked, can you please address in the podcast, the pros and cons of selling your car before leaving for an unknown amount of time of travel or ask the community to share their experience with this dilemma. I have a friend who left for Turkey for a year, sold her car and regretted it when she came home. I have no idea how long I'll be traveling 4 months, four years, question mark. She doesn't know uh, and could really use the cash. Any thoughts or experiences would be fantastic. Well, here's what I answered Brie Brie. I said, uh, I sold my car before coming to Norway. And I actually had wished I had done it sooner. I was moving to Norway and I'd spent some months there. And when I sold my car, my beloved Honda Element, it just felt like it was time because it was this thing I was dealing with, trying to figure out like, how am I going to get registration? How am I going to kind of keep it tuned up. Who's going to start it for me? I, at some point I felt like I was putting other people out just because I wanted to have a car. So that was my situation. I think there are some options here and I want to share them. First of all, if you're going to travel long-term, whether it's four months or four years, it really depends on if you want to maintain and deal with something and put money into something potentially while you're gone. And also If and when you come back, are you going to come back to the same place or are you going to maybe move to a new city? You never know how your travels are going to change your mindset and the things you want to do. So if you think you might move to a new city, maybe there's an option to sell your car and move to a new city that has good public transportation or a very bikeable place like here where I am in Boulder, Colorado, where you might not need a car for a while. Maybe you can move to a place and... You can bike around. You say, hey, I'll just get a car after I get settled and get a job. My overall thoughts are that it's very easy to buy a car again if you have the money. I mean, don't worry. There are plenty of people out there willing to take your money <laughs> and give you a car. Uh, they're for sale everywhere all the time. So letting one go is not that hard because there are plenty of other four-wheeled fish in the sea and you can, you can buy one within a day if you want. Now, if you're emotionally attached to your car, I can't really tell you what to do. Um, But, you know, if you think you'll need your car when you come back and you sell yours, you just need to be smart about budgeting so you have the money to buy one back. So that way, if you're only traveling for a, a few months, you won't regret selling yours. Another maybe potentially practical solution is to get a friend or family member to help. And if you are away and you keep your car and then you realize, hey, I'm only traveling for... I didn't know how long I was going to go, but it ends up that I'm going to come back after four months. Or if you say on the flip side, uh, hey, I'm going to travel for, I don't know when I'm coming back. I don't really want to come back. I don't want this trip to end, which can totally happen. Uh, maybe you could talk to some friends or family members before you go and say, hey, listen, if I decide on this trip that I'm going to keep traveling, I could use your help. Would you be able to like, Take pictures of my car, or even take pictures of it yourself before you go and get everything you need lined up to sell it before you go. So that way, maybe a friend or family member can list it for you. And then you have all of your ducks in the row. And then if you decide you do want to sell it, you can just post those pictures up and then simply have a friend or family member meet the people that are interested in buying the car. And you can facilitate that while you're on the road. I've facilitated many things on the road that you might not think are practical. I even refinanced my condo when I was out of the country. I gave uh, my buddy power of attorney. He went in there and signed the papers. It's amazing what you can get done and how resourceful you can be when you just need to figure things out. But if you want to be smart about it, if you don't want to put people out, just prepare as if you're going to sell your car if you want to keep it and then you can sell it if you decide to travel longer or if it makes sense. Now if you need the cash, that's another thing. You just need to sell some things, you need to raise the cash for travel. So I can't tell you what you should do if a car should be the thing that you use to fund your trip or whatever. I will share one last thing on this. Uh you know, renting it to your friend or selling it to a family member or something like that. I think is a bad idea. It gets a little dicier it can because what happens when something goes wrong if something on the car breaks or if they get into an accident or let's say the transmission goes out two months into your trip and your friends borrowing your car are you going to put them on the hook to pay for a new transmission just because they were driving it for two months these conversations can get a little sticky and you never know how things will go with when money gets involved and and things like that. So if you want to avoid all those questions with friends and family members, I think it's a smart idea. I I don't think it's a good policy to sell a car to friends or family members because if the car ends up needing a bunch of work or just breaking down a lot and, and, you know, worked fine for you, but then it doesn't work fine for them. It's uh it can suck. I mean, it could ruin friendships and, or it could just cause a lot of tension. So is that really worth it? I don't think so. Uh, I will share closing thoughts that cars are just things like anything else. You can always get new ones. And I know I was attached to my car. I know how it can be. It's hard to let go of your car. But uh, if you think cutting ties with it is going to allow you to feel more freedom when you're traveling, maybe that's something to consider. If you want to have the security of keeping it, then do what I said before and just look at setting yourself up to sell it and get ready for that just in case. You decide to get rid of the darn thing. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Brie. That was fun. I had a blast answering that question. On to the next from Mason. He wrote me an email, said a lot of kind words about the podcast, said, thankfully, he was for it. I'll skip to the meat of it. He says, I'm a 21-year-old male living in Australia, and after graduating last year with a useless film degree, I was feeling really lost and didn't know what to do with my life now. I always knew I wanted to travel long-term, but I didn't know when was the right time. I decided that now was probably the right time. I would learn a lot while traveling and might find what I actually want to do with myself along the way, as well as be able to try new things while traveling. I have almost 20,000 Australian dollars saved up that I was intending to use for business, but when I use that to travel, I'm spending the rest of this year learning, saving, and planning for my trip next year. Uh, He goes on to say, I'm going to get my RSA so I can bartend, complete an ESL course, and hopefully start freelancing, making lyric videos all before I leave at the start of next year so I can continue to travel indefinitely. My question's to you. First question, where should I begin my travels if I want to travel everywhere? I was thinking Southeast Asia as I could see more for less and wouldn't have to stress about money for the first little bit. So there's a a multi-tiered question here. He also asks, I would love to vlog or document my experience, but I also don't want to subtract from my experience. Should I vlog and post photos online to build my personal brand or not? Should I wait a few months into my trip? And lastly, is there anything else I need to think of or plan before I start traveling indefinitely? And finishes up uh, with some kind words. So thanks, Mason. And I'm excited for you, my man. A lot of great things coming up. And you've got some money saved. You've got a plan I love that you're planning on traveling indefinitely. So you've kind of, you put your your Batman utility belt on, right? You said you got your RSA to bartend, you got your ESL course certification, and you're looking into freelancing. So you've got your indefinite travel utility belt already stocked with a few different skills that you have in mind. It sounds like you're very flexible with how and what you can do to continue to travel. And that is key, because if you want to travel indefinitely, inevitably things are going to change, opportunities are going to come your way, and it's good to have a solid base of things you might want to do and also be open to doing a variety of things. I think the more open people are to different types of jobs and different types of experiences and not boxing themselves into having one particular thing, the easier it is to travel indefinitely, because you can kind of go with the flow and just... Um, and there's plenty of opportunities. If you just listen to the podcast, you already know from things like workaway.info, where you can do work exchanges, to wolfing, to travel jobs, to you know freelancing and doing your own business, like Mason mentioned, to teaching English online or teaching English in another country, all kinds of things you can do. And it's good to have those on the radar, but it's even better to be willing To do whatever it takes to stay on the road indefinitely. Now, um, let's get to the first question here. Where should I travel if if I want to travel everywhere, is what he said. Uh, You know, another personal question, of course, you're spending the money to travel. This is your experience. You want to go where you want to go, but you also want to be smart about it, especially if you're on a budget. And I think Southeast Asia is a good call, Mason actually lives in Australia. It's not too far. So getting there won't be super expensive. Ideally, if you can do travel hacking or use some points to get there for free, you can go as far as you want. But if you're paying for a flight, come a little closer and go to a region of the world that is not too expensive and very affordable. And Southeast Asia is one of those. You could say places like Eastern Europe, uh, Central America, go to the region you want to see that you'll get the most bang for your buck or at least one of them. sounds like he wants to travel everywhere. So you can prioritize those however you want. Um, There's another reason why I think this is important, particularly for people that are maybe traveling long-term for the first time. It's easy to make mistakes. I I, I shouldn't say mistakes. They're lessons or, you know, you might spend money, On things that you realize later, oh, well, like maybe that was a waste of money. I shouldn't have done that. But like any experience, you learn as you go. You can learn more about travel by traveling. You become a better traveler by traveling. So to minimize those mistakes, if you're going to more inexpensive places, (laughs) you might be making uh, uh, some kind of financial mistake. But maybe it's not going to be as big of a mistake because the impact's not going to be as heavy because we're not talking about big dollars here, right? So say you book a place, you uh, somehow find out you forgot to look at the cancellation policy. You have to cancel. You didn't realize looking at the cancellation policy should be a part of your uh, accommodations booking routine, right? You just made a mistake. Well, if you're in Southeast Asia, maybe that costs you anywhere from, you know, five to 30 bucks. Maybe it's like a 30 or $40 mistake that you lose. You know, if you're in um, Bora Bora at an overland bungalow (laughs) and you were going to spend $3,000, on a, a week's accommodations. I don't know. I'm just making numbers off the top of my head. And, and then you realize they had some kind of cancellation policy. You don't get your money back. That's a much bigger mistake. So it's the same mistake. It's just a lot uh, lesser consequences when you're dealing with less money. So not a huge reason, but just something I wanted to point out as an, another potential benefit. Overall, I think just picking one of the regions you really want to see, you don't want to sacrifice what you want to see. Don't go to an area of the world. You're don't have any interest in being in just because it's cheap. I mean, as travelers, I would say most people are pretty open to going different places and are curious about the world, all of the cultures in the world and all of the things that come with exploring a new culture and food and all that. Bottom line, though, people do have places they're more interested in seeing than others. So just pick one of those that are uh, known as maybe an affordable region and start there. And you can also... Learn how you manage your budget. Learn how you, a little bit more about yourself and how you travel and how you want to travel and how much you are actually spending in reality, what you need to spend to be comfortable because your conception of that before you go might be a lot different than the reality of it. You might realize, hey, you know, I don't really want to stay in hostels. I like having these guest house and more middle-of-the-road combinations. That's totally cool. Know thyself, but also know how much you're going to spend on those. And if you're in a, a more inexpensive area... You can kind of dial in your budget, see how you travel. And then when you start going to more expensive areas, you have a really good idea of the types of, uh, the type of traveling you want to do and how you do it and how you kind of go about it. And if you're traveling indefinitely or long-term, it is a big picture type of thing. So there's plenty of opportunity to see the world. It's not going anywhere anywhere. Take your time, go see it, enjoy it. And to start off in an affordable region, I think is is a great idea. Uh, The second question here is, he said, I love to vlog or document my experience, but I also don't want to subtract from my own experience. Should I vlog or post photos online to build my personal brand or not? Should I wait a few months into my trip? This is another highly personal question, of course. Uh, What struck me about Mason's question in particular, he says, I love to vlog or document my experience so it's something he loves it's something he enjoys doing and if you're going to get fulfillment out of that then i mean do what you love right if that's going to be something that gives you a mission for the day or you just uh you, you don't want to just spend your days kind of exploring you like to have something else to do you want to create something you like to create video then and that's fun for you then why not On the other hand, (laughs) there's always this other hand, right? Where's this other hand always coming from? Uh, I do think there is a ton of value in not having any type of screen situation going on on a regular basis on your trip. And that might mean different things to different people. But I think you know what I'm talking about. You know when it crosses over to unhealthy And I've talked about this many times on the show. If you're pulling yourself out of the travel experience, you are taking away something, of course. Anytime you do one thing, you're giving up something else. So what are you giving up when you spend the majority of time capturing the travel as opposed to just being in it and being present and seeing where it takes you, seeing where it takes your mind, seeing where it takes your physical body and your soul and your spirit? Where is it going to take you? It's still going to take you somewhere, if you're documenting it, but it's just going to be a different experience. And I do think, especially if you're haven't traveled much before that there's something to be said about being present and really soaking up the travel experience on your first big trip or any big trip, really, if you can, it's hard, you know, it's fun to document things. It's fun to take pictures. It's fun to reflect on that later. You just have to know that every decision you make carries some kind of price. And what are you looking to get out of your travels? Are you looking for uh, just to see the sites? Are you looking for some kind of personal transformation? Regardless, I think when screens get involved, you are taking yourself out of it. So it's just something to be aware of. I'm not here to tell you what to do or what not to do. But I am here to just share the perspective of awareness around digital habits when you're traveling and just being aware of the fact that it may not be enhancing your travel now that's very general you know if you're a photographer and that's your art and that immerses you in travel because hey i do photography i do portrait photography that this is the thing that allows me to talk to locals and to capture them and to learn about their lives well that's a whole other way to approach it too so it really depends on how you're approaching it and how you plan on approaching it. But if it's just uh, because you think you're supposed to be doing it and building a brand and you're supposed to post uh, tra- sexy travel pictures on Instagram, even though you don't feel like it or it's just something you're supposed to do or whatever, I could rant on and on about this. But this is uh, these are the things to sort of check in with yourself on. So what I would do is just you could experiment I mean, you can you can try one week with, one week without, and see which feels right for you. If you're traveling indefinite for a long time, you have that flexibility. Uh, you can do a thought experiment where you just you know write down the pros and cons on a list and decide beforehand. You could create some rules for yourself around technology, saying, "Hey, I'm only going to use it in these situations, and I'm only going to post on social media, you know, in the evening when I'm not." at the site. I'm going to take pictures at the site, but then I'm only going to post you know, right before bed so I don't take myself out of the travel experience too much. Whatever rules you want to create for yourself, that's a way to go. So there are a ton of solutions. You just have to do what's right for you and what feels right for you. So explore some of those options and see what sits right. And if you're out on the road and it starts going the wrong way and it starts to feel unhealthy or it feels like you feel like you're missing out because you have too much screen stuff involved, whether it's vlogging or writing or anything else, then you just got to kind of check in with yourself and adjust and make some changes so it feels good. And that's the good thing about this. There is no hard or fast rule. These are just ideas and you can adjust while you're on the road on the fly. You just have to make the time and space with yourself to check in and make sure the travel experience is going um, not the way you want because it's going to go how it goes, but you're setting yourself up for getting what you want out of it. I hope that makes sense. And if people have more follow-up questions or debates on this, just drop me an email because I'd love to talk about this topic and I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on that. Uh, His last question, he says, is there anything else that I need to think of or plan before I start traveling indefinitely? Uh, Last advice I gave him is just, you know, have fun. Don't worry too much about trying to, quote, figure it out, Figure out what you're going to do with your life long term. Uh, Just enjoy the moments and the adventures and relax and be open to learning and growing. And whatever you're supposed to do after your trip generally will become clearer at some point. And even if it doesn't, hey, you always get back from the trip and you got to do something. So then you're forced to make some kind of decision. Are you going to move to a new town, take a new job? Maybe you're just going to keep traveling and you're going to decide to do a job and save up more money. Maybe you meet the love of your life and get married. Maybe... the whole trip's a disaster and you realize you don't like traveling, it's not for you. Now, hey, great. Now it's something you don't have to worry about doing the rest of your life. It's not something you have to dwell on, like, oh, I never traveled the world because you already know it's not your interest. Whatever the case is, you're going to learn about yourself. You're going to grow. You're going to learn about the world. It's going to be an awesome thing. Just be open and take that in. And if you get tired, I I remember that (laughs) that part in Forrest Gump when uh, he's describing his his run when he just is running for months all over the place. And he says, when I got tired, I slept. When I got hungry, I ate. Uh, You know, it's kind of like that with indefinite travel, right? (laughs) You get tired, sleep, get hungry, eat. If you get tired of traveling, maybe get off the road and do something else. If you get tired of the job you're doing while you're traveling, maybe switch or do something different, move to a new city, be flexible, have fun. And don't overthink it. Just soak it in. Don't overthink it things have a way of sorting this out. And those things sometimes take time. So just go out and enjoy your travel experience. Make a positive impact on the world. Make a positive impact around the people that you get in touch with every day. Uh, be a good mini ambassador of your country, your home country, and just uh, go out and be a good person and and be respectful and have fun. What else can I say? Have a blast. Let's go into this final question. I was saving this one for the end because I'm still not sure how to answer it, (laughs) actually. And uh, that's why I'm saving it for the end. I don't have a written answer or anything really prepared. I'm just kind of riffing here. This was from John Davey uh, via Facebook, via the Zero to Travel Facebook page. He said, uh, Do you find that your enjoyment of travel decreases over time? I am referring to the treadmill problem people have with purchases they make. So I I mentioned this at the top of the show, the travel treadmill problem. He's referring to when people buy stuff and it doesn't make them happy, so then they need more stuff and just the excitement around buying new stuff decreases over time. Does that happen with travel? Does my enjoyment of travel decrease over time? Personally, man... This is hard because if you do anything enough, there's going to be ups and downs, right? And if you start comparing trips, well, I mean, you're not only comparing places, but you're then comparing those places in a certain time period of history. And you're also comparing those places in a certain time period of history in a certain time period of your life is travel the same when you're 24 and you don't have many responsibilities and you throw on a backpack and go versus now when I'm traveling with two kids and I've got a lot more responsibilities? No, it's a totally different experience. So trying to compare those is impossible. Now, could I say I enjoyed myself more than what could say that. I mean, sometimes it's nice to have a meal without a bunch of crying kids or to go on a flight and not have to worry about uh, changing a diaper or, you know, somebody freaking out. But that doesn't mean that my overall enjoyment of travel has decreased over time just because some things might get harder in some ways and some things get easier in some ways. And Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. And if you ask a question like that, where you're saying, does your enjoyment of travel decrease over time? It's implied that you're comparing your trips over time. And then you're saying, okay, Was it more fun then than it is now? And now I understand the essence of the question. So I'm not trying to break it down and come up with uh, some out for it. But it's true that if you just take each trip, each experience on the trip for what it is, for its own experience in your life at that moment, it's gonna give you something that adds to your life in some way. And to start comparing those things can get pretty rough that's a that's a rabbit hole I don't really want to go down I still get excited when I get a plane ticket and I'm going on a trip and I land in a new country now certain trips as you know there's a certain magic that happens you can't explain it maybe it's magical for weeks and you can't have that kind of high on every trip it's just not realistic just like anything in life it's things go up and down if you travel enough and for long enough Um, You're going to have tough travel experiences and amazing ones. So from that perspective, you could say, well, this trip wasn't as amazing as the first one because uh, all these things happened and I wasn't feeling myself. And maybe that's because you just went through a breakup or whatever because there are all these other life circumstances going on. So does that mean that your excitement around travel has diminished or does it mean that there's just other stuff going on? I mean... (laughs) This is why I love this question. There are so many layers to it and you can hear I'm struggling because part of it can be true that once you've gone on your eighth solo trip, it's not the same as going on your first solo trip to a new country. You've done it before. You, you know a bit what to expect, even though the adventure is going to be completely different. And a lot of this comes down to the mindset. Can you have that beginner's mind where everything feels new again Can you embrace that with each trip? And maybe this is where this question is going. Maybe all this talking (laughs) that I needed to work out with you got me to, to a solution that I think is good. If you feel like your joy for travel is diminishing over time or decreasing over time, then perhaps going into your next trip with a more of a beginner's mindset where it's a mindset thing. You just take a step back and you think, okay, let me just totally immerse myself in this as if it's my first time ever doing it and you know you can do that in regular life too you know sometimes you're cooking a meal and you just really enjoying cooking the meal or whatever that version of that is for you and you just capture recapture some kind of magic that you lost because you were just kind of roboting through it and really doesn't this come down to present moment awareness and just gratitude and understanding, hey, not everybody gets to travel. So what if this is my eighth time traveling? I should be just as excited as if it was my first one because I am so lucky I even get to get on a plane and do this. And to me, that is where uh, nothing diminishes, nothing decreases because every time the gratitude that I feel that I actually get to do this, where most of the world is living on $2 a day and they don't get to go anywhere, well, if that can't bring back the magic. I don't know what will, right? If you feel like your enjoyment for it's decreasing over time, anybody out there, just get back to that gratitude attitude that that works every time. And this was a fun one to explore. I'd like to hear what your thoughts. You can always drop me a line again, Jason at zero to travel.com. Send me your thoughts and your questions so I can record another one of these soon. I love doing these listener questions episode. I get to just turn on a mic and chat and hang out with you. And I had an absolute blast doing it today. Thank you again to Pimsler for supporting today's show. If you go to to slash easy, guess what? You're going to get access to the best way to learn a language on the go. You can be speaking at an intermediate level in 30 days. I mean, this is the same language learning audio lessons that departments like the FBI and Homeland Security use for their employees, that says it all, right? ZeroToTravel.com slash easy. Check out the Pimsleur audio courses. Free seven-day trial. You get access to all the lessons in any language you want to learn for free for seven days. So if you don't like it, you just cancel. If you do and you decide to continue on and keep learning, you'll also be supporting this show. So thanks to them. You can go to that link to, to pick up that special offer for Zero to Travel podcast listeners. And my friend, thanks to you for listening to the show, for being part of this community and just all the people that take the time to write and ask me anything. I feel privileged and honored to host this show for you. This is a community powered show and uh, I want to, I want to serve you properly. So let me know what your questions are. Let me know how I can help can get in touch anytime. And thank you once again, I'm going to get outside and enjoy the sun here in Colorado, 300 days of sunshine on average each year. No wonder so many people are coming to Colorado. It's great to be here. If you are in town, you're in the Boulder area. Also, drop me a line. I'll be here for the next six weeks or so at the time this publishes. So maybe we can cross paths. And thanks again. Have a wonderful day. I'll chat with you soon. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.